when I knew that Gift Day was happening, and also combining it with our annual renewal of our giving to the church, my initial reaction was get the mangle out. You know those old clothes mangles, and turn the handle, and clothes go in and the drips come out, you know, squeeze the last drop of giving out of the church. I thought, no, you got it absolutely wrong, John. And so if God was saying, preach on discipleship, what it means to be my disciple, and the rest will flow. And so you've had a sermon on renewing your mind, think, engage. Last week was listening to Jesus. Now this week, wait for it, it gets even better, even better. God was telling me, tell them to be delighted disciples. Not long-faced, boring, you know, duty-bound, but full of the joy of the Lord. Focus on the joy of the Lord, the rest will flow. It's the Mary and Martha bit, isn't it? Which are you? Martha, duty, rushing around, doing lots of things. Or Mary, in relationship, knowing that joy in her heart, and then other things will flow. Joy from God. Goodness. And the thing about joy, or delighting in God, it needs replenishing. A bit like my laptop, I can use it, but if I don't recharge it periodically, it goes flat and it's useless. We need recharging. And it starts with God, doesn't it? This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. I've got a, three thing, a few things I want to say, if we get to the end of the sermon, on what it means to be a delighted disciple. Here we go. A delighted disciple lets God in. Of course I let God in. Ah, but do you, actually? Yesterday's manner is not enough. One of the most amazing bits of teaching is this from Jesus. I've told you this so that my joy, my joy, Jesus' joy, may be in you, and your joy may be complete, full, overflowing. Wow. Not into duty and turning the mangle, handle, about joy. My joy, Jesus says, is to be in you, so your joy will be complete. Wow. But to get Jesus' joy, to delight in the Lord, we need to come close to him. Have you played that game at petrol stations where you don't park close enough? And you pull, and you pull, and you pull, and you hope it doesn't pop off, and you see if you can squeeze it into the, can into the tank. Oh, right, I'm the only person. I always go, sod's law says I go to the wrong side of the petrol thing. I suppose if I had a brain, I'd know which side the petrol tank was. But, you know, it's a good game. Um, but actually, the closer you get, to God, the more you will know his joy. The further away, the more you strain. It's, it's, it's simple. I mean, the psalmist says, um, you will fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Close proximity thing. So if you're not full of the joy of the Lord, delighting in God, uh, how far away are you? Question. And um, you know the Greek. Ten present tense, on and on and on, and do it. And here we have a command. Don't just think about it. Hey guys, do it. And do what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Goodness. And sure, that's going to be expressed through your personality. 
and I think of some of the nauseatingly exuberant people and think, thank God, I'm not quite like that. And I'll rejoice in God in my own Eeyore way. Yes. And you, well, maybe somewhere between the two, I don't know. But it'll be rejoicing through your personality. Delighted disciples, let God in and get close to him. In whatever way is right for you, whether that's eight o'clock, whether that's starry nights, whether that's newborn baby, whatever. Well, it connects and does it for you. This is amazing, this bit. Delighted disciples accept that God delights in them. And all of that. God delights in you. Last week, Ondi and Burgess produced the most wonderful baby, Remy. Um, and she was about five days old. And I just said, I need a hold. I need a cuddle. Um, you know, it's just beautiful. Um, and I did actually then just put my foot in and say, how can you two produce something like that? But, uh, <laughs> you know, how to make friends and influence people. Um, but um, God delights in you, as that baby did with me last week. Wow. Prodigal son, what's it, Luke 11 or thereabouts. Um, and the welcome of the father. And that picture by Rembrandt. You know, welcoming home of the prodigal and delighting in him. Even though he'd blown it and lost all the money, all the rest of it. You're my son, I delight in you. And you, and you. God delights in you, you're his child. Wow. Now that actually is amazing. Isaiah 43, even in the Old Testament, you've got this sense of God delighting in, in his people. Um, Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Father said, the Lord says, He who created you, he who formed you, fear not, I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned, the flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, since you are precious and honoured in my sight. And because I love you, do not be afraid. I am with you. Oh, wow. Pure grace. Pure grace. Before I do anything for God, he loves me and delights in me. That is powerful stuff. And I wonder what filters we put in the way to say, actually, that's too much. No, I can't cope with that. Dare we drop those filters and accept that love and that acceptance from the Father. Because it's cyclical. As we know the Father's love and delighting in us, we then are able actually to respond and reciprocate. Like that baby, you know, looking at me and rather, um, you know, responding like that. And it's a divine cyclical response. We receive his delight and respond back in delight to him. Goodness. A delighted, a delighted disciples, I'm getting excited about this, are also realists. And sure, there are bad days, and I feel a bit like death warmed up, and I'll probably run away back home to bed before crawling out again for the, the 10 o'clock, um, and I don't feel on top of the world. Doesn't matter. I can still delight in God. And you'll have burdens, and you'll have pressures, and it won't all be going swimmingly. Actually, this joy and this delighting in God is not dependent on external situations. It's an internal state of relationship with the Father. And you can know the delight of God and delight in Him when it's all going pear-shaped. 
you can do for this. William Temple, bless him, former Archbishop of Anglican Church. Probably remembering some of you, anyway. The Christian joy and hope do not arise from an ignoring of the evil in the world, but from facing it at its worst. The light that shines forever in the church breaks out of the deepest pit of gloom. Yeah. Delighted disciples worship with the whole life. And it's not just Sundays, um, it's spontaneous because it's responding to God's presence. I found myself, oh this gets really scary, um, singing at the Te Deum in the 1662 version of it, one of the ancient canticles of the church. I think it was um, created at Augustine's baptism in the 4th century or whatever. We praise thee, O Lord, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. Um, all the earth doth praise thee, the Father everlasting. To thee, all angels, all the powers of heaven, the cherubim, the seraphim, cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of Sabaoth. To thee, all, and so it goes on and on and on, a bit tedious. But actually, the thing which I'm saying is, delighted disciples actually will be a bit fools and will be a bit weird and will praise God in response. And that actually is cumulative. Goodness. The psalmist, then I'll go to the altar of God to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with a harp, O God, my God. Yeah. And note the act of will there. Delighting in God, responding in praise, receiving his delight. And so it goes on. And delighted disciples are not the spiritual elite, with or without dog collars or whatever. God is not, is not actually um, choosing one category of people. Goodness. And it's for all of us. Psalm 37.4, uh, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. For everyone. A guy called Henry uh, Beecher said this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. Yeah, we get that. For all Christians, not just a bit. Gifts, individuals for, for a few, or for everyone, a particular gift. Fruit, everyone. And he then went on. The opaque Christian is a slander on God. A bit steep, a bit harsh. Probably true as well, actually. Christian, without this delight and presence of God, it's a slander on God. And I'm not blaming and I'm not accusing and I'm not, you know, sticking the knife in in any sense at all, but we're to be a delightful people, knowing the delight of God and rejoicing in it and sharing it. That is what God has given us. And sure, we express it in personality, but the truth is there. And sometimes, okay, there are desert experiences. Been there, seen it, done it. And I know that. What about despondent disciples? Well, for me, God loves everyone, despondent or full of joy. And whether you're able to delight in him or not. And he wants to restore in each of us the joy of our salvation. And he needs us to cooperate with him in it. Psalm 51, 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And the promise is there. And this is not a simplistic, you know, stick a smile on an agony. It's actually discovering something really deep and really profound. 
presence of God and the delight comes from that relationship in the pain and the suffering and the loss. That is what is on offer. Goodness. And Jeremiah. Jeremiah, beautiful prophet, really laid into the religious people and a prophet of hope. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. Goodness. And this is important because the joy of God is our strength, as Nehemiah said. So, in conclusion, wake up with that bit. My choice in October on preaching was either turning the mangle or focusing on joyful discipleship. And I went for joyful discipleship. Goodness, does God want a dutiful church? Yeah, does a bit, actually, as long as it's not at the expense of a delighted church with his presence. Yes, and if I had to choose a dutiful church or a delighted church, <laughs> I know which I choose, because delight in the Lord and you'll want to fulfill all that he's got. And that was kind of long, long. And that was the thing that Jesus did for the religious people of his day. They were saying, you've got to keep all the laws and be dutiful and all the rest of the Torah and whatever. <laughs> and Jesus was saying, live the joy of God. Just enter into it and you'll fulfill the rest. It's simple, idiots. I think he actually said idiots, but that's what he meant. Know the delight of God. Wow. What stops you delighting in God? Maybe you're all there. Maybe you're all there. And behind those exteriors, yeah, it's all happening. Psalm 126, the Lord has done great things for us. We're filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. In the last word, a guy called Henri Nguyen, Frenchman, um, and I found this really powerful. These notes are, by the way, at the back. And also, for my sins, they're being recorded. So if you missed any of the four sermons on discipleship, as of tomorrow, I hope you'll be able to get them and see my smiling face in your living room. What more could you want? <laughs> yes, right, okay. <laughs> oh, anyway, here we go. Many people hardly believe anymore in the possibility of a truly joy-filled life. They've more or less accepted life as a prison and are grateful for every occasion that creates the illusion of the opposite, a crude, suspense novel, a sexual experience, or a few hours in a heightened state of consciousness. This is happiness in the house of fear, a happiness which is made in the world and thus is neither lasting nor deeply satisfying. The joy that Jesus offers his disciples is his own joy, which flows from his intimate communion with the one who sent him. It's a joy that does not separate happy days from sad days, successful moments from moments of failure, experiences of honour from experiences of dishonour, passion from resurrection. This joy is a divine gift that does not leave us during times of illness, poverty, oppression or persecution. It is present even when the world laughs or tortures or robs or maims or fights or kills. It is truly ecstatic, always moving us away from the house of fear into the house of love and always proclaiming that death 
no longer has the final say, though its noise remains loud and its devastation visible. The joy of Jesus lifts up life to be celebrated. May we be delighted 